Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Great God, what a privilege to be in his presence. Amen. What a privilege to be in his presence. Amen. I like that, brother. Larry mentioned a moment ago, if he can be in the spirit there, my Lord, we can. We are going to be without excuse, aren't we? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for the precious gift of his spirit among us tonight. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to join me in the book of Psalms, the 37th Psalm in verse number 24. It is indeed an honor to be together in the house of God. I'm thankful to be in his presence, but I'm glad that you're here. Amen. There is a cohesiveness in this place tonight because we are together. The book of Psalms chapter 37 and verse 24. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. And here's why. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I'm thankful for the hand of God. And I just want to talk about the hand of God tonight. Amen. You can be seated. I'm very thankful for the hand of God. There are many different places in scripture where we read about the Lord holding our hand. Or we can read about him holding our right hand. We can read about the Lord lifting us up and various things of that nature. In the book of Psalms, again, 73 and 23, is that reference or one reference that thou hast holding me by my right hand. Isaiah 45, the Lord said to Cyrus that he would hold his right hand. In Matthew 14 and 31, the scripture speaks about the Lord taking Simon Peter by the hand and lifting him from those waves. Over and over, we can see the scripture where the Lord speaks of, or the scripture speaks of the Lord taking us by the hand. Now, I don't think that is an arbitrary statement, nor do I think that this is just some random metaphor. I say that because I've held someone's hand. And I say that because someone has held my hand. And so I don't think this is just a random shoot in the dark to see what we can find. There are many times and many ways that we have all reached out to touch someone's hand or someone has reached out to take us by the hand. Most often when we think about holding hands, our first reaction kind of takes us down the path of romance and there's nothing wrong with that. We think about teenage romance, that includes the magic of holding hands. Now please don't sit there and act so dead and dull and disconnected from this present world or so lofty and spiritual that you have forgot what it's like to have that teenage butterfly in your heart at the very thought of the magic of holding someone's hands. 
those times and seasons when you are so desperately just trying to work up the nerve to hold somebody's hand. You're sitting there like you've never been there, but I'm just going to keep on teaching like you're right there with me. Thank you, Brother Kenny. I appreciate that. Amen. Those moments when you're walking along and you try to position yourself in such a way. <laughs> now you're coming on to church with me and I appreciate it. And you try to position yourself in such a way that somehow in the, in the commonness of just walking, your hands can bump up against one another. And after a few hit and misses, you just kind of go for it. <laughs> I mean, anybody's, anybody besides me remember that moment of just kind of going for it. And, and finally, you're holding hands. It feels like you climbed Mount Everest and stuck a flag in the soil. Of course, there's other times as well, like the times that we held the confident hand of a mother or a father in a time of a crisis. They just held our hand. It didn't take words. It didn't take a statement. It didn't take them reading out of any literature. It was just the, the security of their hand. Times that we join hands in prayer, even times when we put our hand into the hand of a newborn infant, there's just something about that touch. There's just something about that touch. They're all important moments. And not to sound cliche, but there is something special about holding hands. There is a sense of security that can come to us when the right person holds your hand. We hold hands for different reasons and, and each and every one of them, I believe, carries its own significant meaning. If we were to see a picture or to see an elderly couple holding hands, after all of those decades, that could certainly represent, without saying a word, commitment. And after all of these years, they are still committed to one another. They've been relying on one another for decades. Those hands knew just how to find one another. They had been there before. When our son was pretty young, he had a four-wheeler accident. We rushed him to North Florida Regional to the emergency room, and he was soon taken downstairs for emergency surgery. We were allowed to go with him only to a certain point. We reached a set of double doors and it was there that we were told by the attending staff that we could not go any further. They would take him from there. That was a pretty vulnerable feeling because it was a very serious injury with a lot of potential that, and a lot of unknowns. About the same time that we were standing there and they were about to wheel him in those double doors, one of the nurses on the surgical team stepped through those doors coming our way. And because she was wearing a mask, we didn't recognize her right away. However, she recognized us and introduced herself. And once we got through that moment, we recognized her as some, a lady that attended Brother Arnold's church. And uh, sensing our helplessness, she reached out and took Justin by the hand. And that moment, we felt presence of peace and calm and I'm sure he did as well and that was a touch of compassion someone that picked up instantly on the moment without an introduction without uh, any fanfare she stepped through the door immediately recognized sensed the situation and with a great measure of compassion she reached out and took him by the hand 
She wasn't the surgeon. She would not be the person to reset his leg. She wasn't a physical therapist that would help him learn to walk again. But at that moment, she held a very significant and important position. Amen. She was there to bring compassion to the situation, and that she did. A construction worker holds the tools of their trade in their hand, and with that, they represent strength. A mother or a father takes their child to the first day of school and they hold their hand. And that holding hand brings a sense of security to a child who is fixing to step into an unknown and a brand new world. But there is a sense of security because mama is there, our daddy is there, and there is an official handoff from one to the other. And that represents security. A husband and wife face a situation that before the announcement, they could have never dared imagine. They squeeze one another's hand, and with that single gesture, it single-handedly says, we have faced a lot of things together, and we will face this together as well. There's just something about the touch of someone's hand. At a wedding, a father takes the hand of his daughter and places it in to the hand of her husband-to-be, and that represents confidence. There's just something about that hand in hand, confidence. A few days ago, maybe a few weeks ago now, I can't even remember where we were. I meant to ask you before church, um, ask my wife before church. At some point, we were walking along and trying to navigate up some steps and around a sidewalk and back down, and we were holding hands, and we kind of laughed, and we didn't know if we were being romantic or just holding one another up. I think at the end of the day, we were just, <laughs> I think we were just keeping one another upright. I'm confident we could go on and on and on with a list of, 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 of similar illustrations, but in the passage of scripture that we read in Psalms 37 tonight, we see the hand of God holding our hand and our hand holding the hand of God. Instead of a mother or a father or a friend, that that person that fills the gap or the blank is the hand of God. And so from this, we can see that we do place in the truest measure, we place our entire lives in God's hands. We have used that terminology sometimes. I'm not sure if we realize the magnitude of how serious that is, but we do use that terminology. Lord, I'm placing this in your hands and there's a lot of truth to that. And we have to reach that point where we are willing to let go and place situations or circumstances in the hands of God. And so this would be the same, I think, as, as holding his hand or God holding ours. There's nearly a hundred references in scripture uh, that refer to God's hand or God's hands. And we read about them. Not only do we read about them in this holy writ, but we sing about them in songs. And so our worship services and our praise services and, and our, whether, whether that's corporately or individually often include words, harmonious words that remind us of God's hand holding ours. Uh, Sister Merle Newbern used to sing a song that included these words, when I feel the Savior's hand holding mine, my heart and soul is filled with peace and joy that's so divine. My doubts and fears all fade away. My darkest night turns into day when I feel the Savior's hand 
holding mind. There is a confidence and an assurance that comes to us when we are when we are reminded that we're not in this circumstance alone, but God is holding our hand. I'm thankful for the hand of God. Amen. <clears throat> Another old song says, trust in him who will not leave you. Whatsoever years may bring, if, if by earthly friends forsaken, still more closely to him cling. There's just something about the hands of God. Many times we see the, a portrait or a portrayal of the hands of God, praying hands and things of that nature. We can look at that and see that as being just a picture or a portrait. We can look at that as just an image or uh, some sort of uh, something of that nature or we can that have been touched by the hand of God can see it for something far more significant than something you would hang on a wall or that you would put on a table. I believe as believers we have come to trust in the hand of God. If God will just take control of this situation, if God can just move in this circumstance, we know that it will all be okay. In, 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 in recent days and weeks, I have found myself a part of circumstances and situations where either individually or collectively we were asking for the Lord's hand to just move in a circumstance. Let your hand be upon us. Amen. I believe that God's hand can not only correct us, but it can strengthen us in our time of need. I'm thankful for the hand of God. In Psalms 37, our text, David explains the nature of the relationship that we have with the Lord. I believe if you read the overall 37th Psalm, we can read the, with great intention, the writer underscores the security that we all have in the hand of God. Our position in God's hand is just as sure as, as the position of an unbeliever is fragile. Amen. He said of the unbeliever that it would soon be cut down like the grass. It would just wither and go away. However, David said that the righteous would never be forsaken. In verse 25 of this 37th Psalm, and I mentioned it a few services ago, I've been young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor is seed begging bread. The righteous, the righteous are being held and we are holding to the hand of God and it's a two-way street. And because of that fact, we will never be utterly destroyed. That's what David said and other writers have alluded to that. And we will never be destroyed and never be kept down. Either we will climb up using our faith as a leverage or in those seasons and times when our weight, when our faith is weak, he lifts us up by the, his own power and strength. I think it was mentioned just a service or so ago during our, one of our prayer times that, that there are moments and times that we can't pray for ourselves. And so that's why it is so imperative that others will lift us up in prayer because sometimes our faith is weak. And it's just all right to say amen to that. Sometimes our, way, our faith may seem fragile, but I'm thankful in those times that the hand of God and his strength lifts us up again. Amen. There's an immeasurable blessing that comes as we hold God's hand. I, I would remind you as though you need it that we certainly live in a world where change can happen just in an instant. Have you ever just not been to a certain city for a few months? Gone down a certain road for a few months and then 
and you ride down there and you go, well, when did that happen? Life can change. Things, our surroundings can change. I'm not just talking about natural things as buildings being built or something being torn down, but life can change just in an instant. And so it is a blessing for us to know that in an ever-changing world that there is a God that is consistent, that we can count on that, we can go there. He has a way of dealing with life and dealing with us in a manner that is consistent. I've I've not been bashful through the years to say this. I'm not comfortable around people that are not predictable. I'm not, I'm not at ease when I'm around someone. You never know how they're going to respond to a situation. I mean, a moment ago we were laughing and now the cops are being called. I'm not comfortable in that kind of environment. I'm just way more at ease in a predictable environment. We're, we're pretty sure how this is going to all wash out in the end. I'm, I'm thankful that I know God is not just with me today, but if he'll give me breath, He's going to be with me tomorrow. Amen. I, I was listening to someone in their, in their family posted a, a, a video of Sister McNatt. Many of you remember and even have met Sister McNatt. And uh, they had posted a, a little short clip of her a few days ago. And, and uh, in that little few seconds, she said, before I get out of the bed every morning, when I wake up, before I get out of the bed, I thank God that he has given me life, another day, another moment. Amen. That's a pretty good time to thank him for it, isn't it? That moment when we come aware of the fact that he has blessed us with another day. It's his air that we breathe. We sing about that. It's his air that's in our lungs. It's, amen, I'm thankful for that, that God has given us the power to be here in this moment. The Bible is filled with reassurances that God will be with us in a certain manner. When when, is, when, uh, when Israel prepared to go into an unknown territory, Moses reminded them of something that was very significant. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse number six, Moses said, be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee and he will not fail thee nor forsake thee. So Moses just reminded them, before we ever get there and before the first arrow flies, before the first thing seems to go south, remember this, that God is with us. If I could just pretend to be Moses tonight, I would stand before you and say this, that God is with us and we have nothing to fear. Amen, we can be of good courage and we don't have to be afraid of what's going on in our world. I get being concerned. We live in a world and and decisions are being made that will affect our world. But I'm gonna tell you, there's a difference between being concerned and being fearful. He said, don't be afraid. Don't let the spirit of fear get you. Amen, because God is gonna go with us and he will not fail us and he will not forsake us. Hallelujah. We may never have been this way before, but he has. Hallelujah. He is a God that has already walked this path. He is a God that has already climbed this mountain. He is a God that has already walked through this valley. We can trust him. 
In the New Testament, this promise of Deuteronomy is repeated again in Hebrews 13 and 5. For he said, he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We, like Job, sometimes feel forsaken. We, like Job, can't find God in front of us, behind us, either side of us. But in those quiet moments of life, we have an assurance of his word that said, I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. God will be there. In Psalms 27 and 10, this is how strong David put it. He said, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. The closest thing to me may walk from me, but I'll promise you that God in that moment will be there to lift us up. In God's hand, we are safe. He will not walk out. He will not abandon us. He will be there regardless of the circumstances. God understands the burden that we bear and how we feel when we're faced with the perils of life. We have not a high priest, Hebrews says, that can't be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. We're not serving a God that is in another room. We're not serving a God that lives in another climate. We're not serving a God that doesn't get it. He understands. He knows what it feels like. Whatever you're going through, whatever I may be facing at this very moment in my life, it is not a surprise to God. He's not trying to wrap his eternal mind around it to feel what I feel. He knows, he cares, he understands. And when I don't even have the words to put it in a sentence, I can go to him in prayer and he knows exactly what my heart is saying. Amen. Hallelujah. There are times when people around us simply have no way of understanding what we're facing. It's not because they don't want to or they're unconcerned, but we can't possibly face every peril that life can throw our way. But we have confidence that God knows and he understands. So maybe some doubt our motives, but God knows my heart. <laughs> so I have to stand on that. And so because of that, he helps me carry our load. And, and, it's, in, and it's our faith in him that makes the burdens of life that we bear, it makes them much, much lighter. In Hebrews 11, uh, he, I'm, I'm sorry, in the book of Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 28, Jesus said, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. I believe that's compassion. Amen. You just come to me as you are and I will give you rest. He goes on to say that if we take his yoke upon him, us rather, if we take his yoke upon us, that the burden will be light. And it's a sign to us that he understands and he knows. One songwriter said, take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. Now, that's a lot easier to sing than it is to do. <laughs> but, but we have successfully done that from time to time. Just taken our burdens to the Lord and left them there. And so while we're in his hands, we're under his protection and we know this, that God understands. And I'll say it again, even when I'm in prayer or in a moment of meditation, when I can't even put my thoughts in words, I have a consolation that God knows what I'm trying to say. Well, um, years ago when our son was little, he would, he'd get the courage. He really is a homebody and um, always has been. He'd get the nerve up. He'd think he wanted to spend the night with my mom and dad. And, uh, I mean, they just lived four miles down the road, so it wasn't a big deal. 
but still in the mind of a child, four miles is just will be four million miles. You know? And um, so sometimes he'd get the phone and slip off and he'd call his mom. And when he called, he would just say, Mom, you know, and he would hang up. Because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want his grandma to get hear him calling and you know what I'm saying about all that. So it was just a code, Mom, you know. So we'd get up and get dressed. And more than one time, I'm not saying this to embarrass, these are grown men now. But more than one time, Brother Allen's been at our house when he couldn't make it through the night. And Brother Allen's just willing to get dressed and come over to the house or vice versa. And just in the same way, you just, and it was just that, Mom, you know. You didn't have to put it in a sentence. You didn't, you didn't, have, to, you didn't have to write an essay on it. You just know. And, and forgive me if I'm being too lighthearted here tonight, but I, I believe that there are some times that I can go to, to the Lord in prayer and just say, God, you know. I can, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I can hang up right then. This is not going to call for a dissertation. This is not going to call for a gathering together of people. Just God, you know. I can just sit down. I don't feel obligated to say one more word because God knows. I feel like the Holy Ghost is ministering to somebody right now. You're trying to put into words and trying to frame perhaps what it is that you're feeling or going through. Can I tell you that we don't have to do that. We don't have to feel like I've got to enunciate every syllable just right so that God understands. I can just say God you know and his hand will be right there his strength is our strength his hope is our hope his faith is our faith my Lord let's love him tonight Lord I love you today my Jesus I thank you for the hope of the spirit that you bring in us Lord I thank you for the hope of your power that you pour in our vessels this evening in Jesus name in Jesus name out of compassion and and out of love, God just has the ability to open doors, make a way where there is no way. I believe that most everyone here could say that at some point and to some degree that in your own life, God has made a way. Amen. Not just a way where there seemed to be no way, but a way sometimes where there was no way. God just made a way. God just made a path. God just made provision. In truth, God cares about our every need. There's not anything we can bring to God that he would look down on us about. He understands our every need. And so God's hand is strong enough to hold us through any situation that we may face. And because he's powerful, we hold his hand for stability in our own lives. And that sense of security comes from the fact that he is a pillar of strength. We don't hope he will be there. We don't hope he can handle this. We don't wish that everything comes out in the wash. We don't have our fingers crossed, but we have confidence that I can place this in God's hand and it will be okay. Because he can go where we cannot. He can work when we cannot. He can go where man can't reach. He can fix something around the globe tonight. He can fix that even though we can't get there. He is there. Amen. We can trust in his strength. Isaiah 40. If you were to read Isaiah 40 verses 15 through verses 30. You could take the time to do that. And this great prophet of God. And 
in that of Isaiah attempts to describe the power and the majesty of God. These few verses succinctly sum, uh, uh, sum up the power and the, and the anointing of God. Isaiah paints a picture of God being infinitely powerful. In all of that, he said that, that in all of the nations of the world, if all of the nations of the world were to form, they would just be but one single drop in a bucket. I'm not using our vernacular, that's in your Bible. I mean, it would just be as one drop in a bucket. And then Isaiah asked, what, to what could you compare God to? What, what in the world would you compare God to? And then he reminded them that when I say, what are you gonna compare God to? I'm talking about he that stretched out the heavens as a curtain. I'm talking about he that spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. So what could you compare God to? How could we ponder? How could we scratch our head and hope and wonder that God would be able to handle whatever the circumstance is that we're facing? I'm not trying to, to, to minimize where you stand tonight. I realize some in this very building and some that will be watching this, I realize that you are standing in the very, very valley of, ser of serious decision. I realize that you are faced with a mountain that you don't know how to climb or a valley you're not sure you're going to get through, but I can just tell you tonight in the Holy Ghost that he is God enough not to just take you to it, but he is God enough to see us all the way through. Yes, One writer said, he batted, not, not scriptural, but just one writer, a poet said, he batted his eyes and lightning flashed. He clapped his hands and thunder rolled. He waved his hands and water came down. His footsteps hollowed out the valleys and bulged the mountains high. That's the God we're talking about tonight. Not a God of maybe, not a God of hope so, a God of I hope all this works out at the end of the day. I'm telling you that God, his hand, it's strong enough. It is powerful enough. It is mighty enough to hold us where we are. Hallelujah. So if we were, if we were to try to summarize all this, if we could somehow sweep this all into one center section, what are we saying? We're saying that whatever problem I have, God is big enough and God is strong enough to handle. And that's what Jeremiah meant in Jeremiah 32 and 17 when he said you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm and there is nothing too hard for you. God can handle any problem set before him. In answer to that statement in Isaiah 59 and 1 the writer said behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save neither is ear heavy that it cannot hear and so every believer I, I think should hold to God's hand amen the hand of God can just keep us and steady us even in difficult times while we wait for his deliverance I just want to remind you don't give up when heaven seems like brass and the clouds hang low and dark in your life don't give up God can see us through amen it's not to those who start the race but it's to those who finish the race 
I understand this is not perhaps a popular analogy, but I will tell you that every winter doesn't look like a winter. At times, I suppose every winter doesn't feel like a winter. In a boxing ring at the end of a match, some winners are led out of the ring because their eyes are swollen shut. They don't look like a winner, don't feel like a winner. They probably really don't look like it and feel it the next day. But the record bears that they won. The mantle says they won. The bank account says they won. And so because you're battered and bruised and because you may even be leaving a trail of blood behind you right now doesn't mean that you're not winning. Amen. Because God is on our side. And if he's on our side, then everything will be all right. I'm going to ask our musicians to come. I believe without question, security is a concern for all men everywhere. Not only in our nation, but around the world. There's security at airports. A few months ago, I was standing in line in an airport. And in a moment when you could have been frustrated because of all that you have to go through just to board the plane. Um, I found a sense of security in all that. I did get a little frightened returning home when the TSA pulled me aside and questioned me about a few things that were in my briefcase. You want to know what, don't you? I had all my pens and my keys hanging in one central place and it just showed as one blob. And they looked into it. They pulled me out of line very, very kindly. I'll say that. Pulled me out of line. I was a little embarrassed, a little afraid. When he just said, follow me, turned around and started walking. I was wondering where we're going. I wanted to say, excuse me, sir. <laughs> just where are we going? When he saw what it was, he was very kind and somewhat apologetic. I said, you don't need to apologize to me. I'm thankful that you're looking. Because security is a big issue. I didn't want to just leave home. I wanted to return. I wanted to make the whole trip. So we have security at airports and train stations and schools and everywhere. Mostly, most of the time, even in our homes. And so we, we rely on these systems for a measure of security. And they, they do bring security. But our hope is not in a camera, our hope is not in an x-ray machine. Our hope is not really there. Our, our hope is in God as our ultimate protection. And so we hold God's hand because he protects us. There is not just a sense of security. There's real security. Real security. I remember, I hope this is okay. So it's too late now, right? <laughs> Sorry, got it out there. I'm sorry. I remember Brother Jerry talking about years ago when he worked in corrections and, and uh, you know, they had a little uh-oh of some sort there one night or one day on one of his shifts and there was a 
rather large inmate that just kind of backed up against him. Not to harm him, but to protect him. <laughs> I would imagine right then he was glad to have a friend bigger than he was. There was a big sense of security that came because somebody's saying, if you get him, you're going to have to go through me. And so it's not that there is a sense of security. There's a real security. A real security. And I'm thankful for that. I will ask you to stand. I'm going to read Isaiah 41 in verse number 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will uphold thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Behold, all they that were incensed against thee shall be ashamed and confounded. They shall be as nothing, and they that strive with thee shall perish. Thou shalt seek them and shalt not find them, even them that contended with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For the Lord thy God will hold thy right hand, saying, Fear not, I will help thee. God said, fear not, I will help thee. That's what Psalms 41 and, or 46 and 1 means when it says, God is our refuge and strength and very present help in the time of trouble. Very present. So I will say just one last thing in close, and, and that is this, is that when we talk about maybe holding God's hand, we would ask ourselves, how do we do that? Well, I, I would just say this tonight, that, that we really need God holding our hand more than I need to rely on me holding his hand. Because my hand can get weak. My faith can falter. My steps can fail. And so I really just want God's hand holding mine. Amen. I, I don't want to try to hold his. What if, what if my faith does fail? What if, like Asaph, my feet do well nigh slip? I, I want God's hand to hold mine. And so when life gets difficult, I want to make sure that I've made myself available. I've given him something to hold on to. And so that's why our prayers should say, Lord, hold my hand while I try to help my family through this. Lord, hold my hand while I deal with this storm in my life. Or Lord, hold my hand while I try to make sense of everything that surrounds me. Lord, you hold my hand. Just hold my hand. Amen. Let's love the Lord. Can we do that? Amen. I love you today, Jesus. I thank you for the presence of your spirit that we feel in this place tonight. We're not assuming God or hoping that you're here this evening, but God, we feel you. We know you are here. We know, God, that you're powerful. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806.
or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.